forever. Dog. You all know me. It's Ben Acker, co-founder of the Thrilling Adventure Hour. I'm back in the feed today to tell you that I've written a book, a collection of campfire tales, ghost stories, and spooky ooks for kids 10 and up. But we will accept any interested nine-year-olds or intrepid seven and eights. If you're under eight, ask a librarian. They're in charge of kids. They're in charge of kids. But you, the thrilling audience, are in charge of you. And as much as this book is for kids, it's also for adults, as well as body-swapped kids and adult bodies, and vice versa. But really, it's for you, my first audience, my forever audience. You think I would write a book you wouldn't love? I wouldn't. It's called Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires, and if you don't just absolutely love that title, well, yes, you do. I've been coming here into the feed asking you to pre-order Estekava Diva, but that time is over now. The book is out in the world. It exists, just like you or me. That said, apparently, due to the caprices of the publishing world, this week is as important as the pre-orders week. Not to be all buy it now, but please, buy it now. Buy yourself a book. Buy your friend a book. I keep saying it's for weird kids and Halloween adults, because it is, but I also think you could turn non-weird kids into weird kids with this book. This might be the book that turns your least favorite Disney adult into your favorite Tim Burton or Neil Gaiman adult. The transformative power of stories to keep you alive despite vampires is limitless, probably. Prove me right. This book is out as a special celebratory episode of Preview the Book Theater. That's what we call it. In the interest of indulging myself by having my work juice player pals read my spooky book stories, here's Janet Varney reading Journeys. Hi, I'm Janet Varney, and I'm going to be reading the story Journey's End from Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires by Ben Acker. Everyone loved Grandma Joyce, and Grandma Joyce loved everyone, which is why what happened to her was too bad. Not that there was anyone good for this to have happened to. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that she will be missed. Grandma Joyce loved visiting her grandkids, when she wasn't visiting them, she was visiting other people's grandkids, or kids, or grandparents. Grandma Joyce traveled. She went everywhere, and everywhere she went, she'd get postcards of fountains, statues, churches, sunsets, of hats and llamas and beaches and monkeys and trees. You name a postcard, she'd send it to her grandkids with the story of someone she'd met in the local area. She was outgoing when she was going out to all the places she could see, meeting everyone she could. For postcards, was her excuse, but everyone knew it wasn't about the postcards. Grandma Joyce, they'd exclaim in Dutch or Spanish or Cantonese when she'd returned somewhere she'd already been. When she wasn't meeting new people, she was visiting the ones she'd met along the way. She'd have parties the size of towns. The people she introduced would leave those parties with spouses, best friends, lab partners, circus troops. There was a rumor that started in Cairo and went as far as Giza, which was next door, but the rumor stretched the other way round, the long way, that Grandma Joyce was the glue that held the world together. It wasn't true, but it felt true. Whether you taught her fencing in Belgium or snorkeling off the coast of Mozambique, you knew you had a lifelong friend in Grandma Joyce. A friend who was honestly as terrible at fencing as she was at snorkeling. Terrible, but enthusiastic in all the crafts she picked up and put back down to pick up again someday and just as likely put them right down again. On her latest jaunt, Grandma Joyce found herself being followed by a stray dog. Grandma Joyce loved animals as much as or only slightly less than she loved people. This dog was a mess. Black like the inside of a brownie except for where he was brown, like black coffee. Stinky and sticky, 
His teeth went every which way but right. He drooled, but not just from his mouth. His eyes and nose produced thick liquids. He had only the strongest fleas, but those fleas had the regular kind. The stray was sweet, though. As he followed Grandma Joyce down the streets of whichever country it was, he never begged for food but was always grateful for it. Somehow he knew innately that he had won the person jackpot when Grandma Joyce finally named him Brendan and told him he was coming home with her. Before showing Brendan to his new house, Grandma Joyce took him to a veterinarian she knew from her travels despite them living in the same town. The vet, Dr. Kasich, examined Brendan and concluded that the animal was healthier than it looked, as it was alive. He also concluded Brendan was not, in fact, a dog and was, in fact, a 45-pound wild rat. Well, decided Grandma Joyce, that will remain our secret. Brendan was hers, regardless of whether or not he was a rodent the approximate size and weight of her grandson. Dr. Kasich tried to convince her that a feral rat is not a pet, but Grandma Joyce wouldn't hear it. So the vet prescribed remedies for every parasite and pustule that afflicted poor Brendan so that none of them would come to afflict his owner. Brendan got a trip to the groomer. Then another. Then another. It took five groomers in total to clean his, turned out, white fur. Once home, Grandma Joyce started making her favorite supper, jambalaya. She sliced up celery, carrots, and onions for mirepoix. She gave Brendan a carrot of his own, then cooked up some extra andouille for his dinner. Brendan chewed on the carrot gingerly. Grandma Joyce told him, I don't care whether you're the biggest rat in the modern era or a small crumbled-up polar bear, Brendan. You're my dog, and I love you. Good, Brendan said, looking up from his carrot. Because that was a test, and you passed. Brendan? Grandma Joyce gasped. How am I talking? He anticipated her question. Well, for one, I'm not a dog, and for another, I'm not a rat. What are you? Grandma Joyce asked. You're the kindest person I've ever met, Brendan said. If anyone deserves to know the truth, it's you. I'm a unicorn from a magic city. No, really. I got cursed to look like this. Like by a witch? Sure, he said, as if it were too much to explain. Not by a witch? Grandma Joyce asked. Not exactly. More like by a witch's friend. <laughs> it's a lot, and if you're not from a magic city, it can get overcomplicated quickly. Maybe try to explain? Grandma Joyce urged him. Maybe take my word for it. I am a unicorn. I'll take your word for it because I trust you, she winked. Your trust, Brendan said, your love will break my curse and we'll show that lousy prince. Prince? asked Grandma Joyce, who could feel the story getting complicated already. The prince hates me, Brendan said. He hired a witch to put a curse on me, only she's lazy, so she called her friend, whose deal I do not know. He put the curse on me, I think, for free. I think out of friendship, the witch got paid for it. I know that much. A frog told me, and that frog is a liar, but he always tells me the truth because once I gave him three buttons, which to an ordinary frog is nothing but to a magical frog and a magical city. You know what? I can see I'm losing you. No, no, Grandma Joyce insisted, but Brendan wasn't wrong. I told you it was hard to follow. I'll try to sum it up on the way. On the way? Grandma Joyce felt like she'd missed the most important part of the story. Come on, Grandma Joyce, said Brendan. Get on my back. We'll fly. Flying? Us? 
To a magic city? Grandma Joyce was excited about flying on her talking dog who was a talking unicorn. She imagined who she might get to meet in a magic city, what sort of activities she would try, what unique postcards she could send to her grandkids. She mounted Brendan carefully. She sat upright but comfortably on his back. She told him she was ready and asked him if he was. Conscientious to the end, thought Brendan as he gobbled her up. His true mouth, the one he used for eating, was on his back. He was not a dog, he was not a rat, and he was absolutely not a unicorn. He was like a cat in that he liked to play with his food before he ate it. But one thing that was certain was that Brendan was definitely not a cat. What he really was, if you're curious, was still hungry. This has been an excerpt of Ben Acker's Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires. Additional thanks to Jordan Katz, Charlie James, and me, Hal Lublin. Thanks also to you, as always, for listening. Please visit bit.ly slash despite vampires to pre-order your copy of Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires today. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.